Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode number 54 of Flip It or Skip It, we're going to be talking about antique shows versus flea markets. That should prove to be a lively discussion. What's your angle here? Well, what made me think of this is we just did a treasure hunt in Lincoln, Nebraska. We meaning Worth Point. Worth Point, yes. They put up this treasure hunt in Lincoln, Nebraska at this antique show. And it was called the Cabin Fever Antique Show. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it was indoors because it was very cold. But Nebraska in January, I suppose it was. So it was interesting um, when I had suggested that we attend this show because, of course, the Worth Point team was like, January, Nebraska. (laughs) It doesn't sound too exciting. But... The reviews on this show and their Facebook page and everything really made me want to attend because it looked like a very successful antique show and a Mm -hmm. big one. Right. Really? Yes. And it turned out to be very true. Cool. So I learned a lot at this antique show. And the great thing about it was it was very big. Mm-hmm. in the building. The building mm-hmm. was very big. So they definitely practiced social distancing. The aisles were huge. Mm-hmm. The vendors were far apart mm-hmm. from each other, and there was lots of space. It was in a, a livestock pavilion-type building, right? and there was plenty of space. So it was, and it was comfortable inside. The heat was on, you know, it was it was very comfortable. You didn't even need to wear your coat in, in the building. But what came to mind to me was antique shows versus flea markets. So it's not your average flea market. An antique show is so different. Mm-hmm. And we actually had a couple drive in from Denver to attend that were um, WorthPoint users. And they wanted to come and they had never been to an antique show before. Really? Yes. They had only shopped flea markets in Denver and the area. They're only flea market shoppers. Right. So the antique show was new to them. Also, I met several vendors that it was their first time doing the show. So they had never even done any type of a show before. Right. And it was so interesting talking to them and and hearing their thoughts on this whole antique show situation. Well, the difference between a flea market and an antique show is like the difference between uh, going to a multiplex cinema versus going to a theater or an opera house or something like that. It's just a completely different feel when you walk in. And there are fewer and fewer real antique shows around anymore. That's right. Because antiques themselves are getting harder and harder to find. You walk into a, most antique stores these days, and I, I jokingly go in and say, oh, this isn't 
an antique store, it's a whatnot shop because they don't have what I deem to be antiques. I, I'm more of a traditionalist in that sense. I think that to qualify as an antique, something needs to be at least 100 years old. Now, that's uh, that's the formal definition, and that's the, the designation used by the U.S. government and state governments and customs department and the IRS. That's That's the cutoff line right there. But it's getting really hard to find antique shows. Dedicated. Dedicated antique shows. And I think one of the best ways to find them, I don't know how you came across this particular show, but if I'm looking for something that's really true antiques, I'll go to the show information for vendors Yes. And read the vendor rules. Yes. And they'll state right in there that this is, you know, it's an antique show. Everything you bring in has to be uh, over 100 years old. Sure. No, that makes sense. But the the event organizer of this show, the, what do you call him? Uh, I'd call him the event organizer. Producer? The man that was running this show. Right. He actually made it very clear that they screened the vendor applications Mm -hmm. and they turned many away, he said. So they didn't, they wanted their show to be proper antique show. Mm -hmm. And it was 100% the best antique show I've ever been to. That would be worth going to. Yes. Now there was a couple aisles that I didn't even make it down. Mm-hmm. But I probably could have if I would have been that kind of shopper that was only looking for dedicated items. Right. You could have you could have made the whole show. Mm-hmm. And there were um several shoppers that were dedicated shoppers, like fishing lures or um certain items that they were looking for. So they you know, when they're those types of shoppers, they're they're zooming the aisles looking for those dedicated items. Where myself, I don't I'm not really looking for anything in particular. I'm just love I just love the fascination mm-hmm. of seeing items I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was like such a thrill of the hunt. I don't know what I'm hunting for, but I'm learning and Every dealer that was there had some type of education on some type of antique. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating to learn the history, to listen to their stories. Mm-hmm. And as I would ask questions, one gentleman, for example, had a whole collection of clickers. Do you remember the, the tin clickers? Used to be able to get those in Cracker Jacks boxes. That's right. And he had this huge selection of clickers. And I was amazed. I was like, I've never seen so many clickers. And I haven't seen them that you don't see them very often. He came over to tell me how he had bought out an estate and and of clickers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and clickers were included. And he just grew his collection from there. And he takes them to shows. But the fascinating part was... There was two other gentlemen that overheard us talking, and they joined in on the conversation, and they started telling us how they were used in World War II to notify 
the Germans were coming. <laughs> and it was fascinating to think that a Cracker Jack item, you know, became part of World War II. Strategy. Yes. The thrill of this type of it going to an antique show like this is not only looking for items to flip, but it's the education you're going to gain from learning about these items so that when you're at Goodwill or you're at these thrift stores or people don't have items priced or they don't know what they are, right. you've you've gained more knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest going to these high-end antique shows and using it as a tool to mm -hmm. educate yourself on antiques and, and what they look like right. <laughs> and what they're used for. So uh, I can see the benefit of going in order to look at these things and learn about them and and increase your knowledge as a flipper and an antiquer. But is there money to be made for flippers and going to shows like that? I've had some success doing that, but not much. Because generally, folks who deal in true antiques know what they're doing. They know what right. their stuff is worth. They know the 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 items. Uh, and it's hard to, this is going to sound a little jaded, but I, I'm going to say it anyway. Flippers and antique dealers trade on people's ignorance. Uh, it's people who don't know what they have that where you can find the real bargains. It's when you know more than the sellers that you can find the real bargains. So there's a narrow range of of expertise, at least there is with me. I have things that I consider myself to be an expert in. Mm -hmm. And I can tell when someone's pulling my leg and when someone is uh, BSing and doesn't know what they've got. And I take advantage of that. It's hard to do that at a show of experts. Now, if you're a collector, it's a completely different matter. Right. No, I understand. You know, if you're going to collect, I prefer to buy from, if I'm buying for myself, to buy from someone who knows what they've got and can tell me something about it and the provenance and that sort of thing. But I'm not collecting much anymore. So um, maybe that's why I'm not going to those shows. I go to flea markets more often, but you see them around more often. Okay, Dana, this is a good spot to take a break. So we're going to pause right here for a word from our sponsor, and we'll be back. Hey, eBay sellers, it pays to know what you've got and what it's worth. That's why you need WorthPoint. WorthPoint.com is the world's largest resource for pricing antiques and collectibles with millions of items, photos, and sold-for prices. With their free mobile app for iPhone and Android, you can carry the power of WorthPoint right in your pocket, wherever you go. For a 7-day, seven 7-look-up seven free trial, go to WorthPoint.com. Okay, we're back. Yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford, and we're discussing the ins and outs of antique shows versus flea markets. Let's pick up where we left off. Well, what about you? Are you, do you? Were you able to buy things at that show that, that you planned to flip? Or were you buying for yourself? Well, as I've mentioned before, I only collect dust. <laughs> <laughs> really? Can you buy that at those shows? <laughs> well, it's free with every item, I think. That's right. Especially in the drawers and, and nooks and crannies. Yeah. Well, I, I am not a collector. However, mm -hmm. 
This show changed my life. <laughs> well, that's no small statement right there. I am now a, an official collector. I just fell in love with some items. And one gentleman that I was talking to that he sold, uh, all his booth was all advertising memorabilia. Old advertising stuff that um, displays and interesting items. He had just the coolest stuff. And one thing, I had Allison come over. Allison is the videographer from that works for WorkPoint. I had her come over and interview him because he was so fascinating to me. And he made a statement that stuck with me. And he said, we asked, how how did you get started? You know, what, what makes you buy items like this to flip, to, to resell? And he said, I only buy items that make me smile. And I really liked that because it's true. If you're, if you're a collector or if there's something, yeah, I don't care who you are, whether you're a collector or a flipper, you're going to go to an antique show or a flea market or something at some point in your life. And you're going to find something that's going to make you smile and you're going to want it for yourself. Right. And it happened to me big time at this show and I fell in love with a lamp. Mm-hmm. And she was, it was an Art Nouveau lamp. Right. And I hadn't seen one and it just t- told me to take me home. You know, it just, I really wanted it and I, I just fell in love with it. And she was asking $350 for it, mm-hmm. which is a bit steep for my tight budget. But I um, walked away and then the final day, the last half hour of the show, I walked back and there it was. It was still there. And I thought, if it's there, it's meant to be. If not, oh well. Right. And there it was, shining bright, <laughs> waiting for me, calling me. Cool. And cool. Um, she did come down to 300 mm-hmm. And I knew... She was um, a definite, her, her specialty was lamps. In mm-hmm. fact, if you go to the WorthPoint Facebook page and scroll through the videos, I actually uploaded a video because I did a quick little video with her about her booth on lamps. She, she makes her own shades. And what she does is she takes the lamps um, that are true antique lamps, mm-hmm. and then she recreates the shades that would have been on that lamp. And she uses the uh, original beading and the original fabric and, and she buys her fabric, antique fabric and, and she recreates the lampshades. Wow. And it beautiful work. This woman does. However, this art nouveau lamp was all original. The, the bulb, the light bulb, everything, not the light bulb, but the globe, the globe. Thank you. <laughs> the globe was all original and it was cut glass and just gorgeous, but it sounds good. Yeah. I'll have it on my Instagram page. If you want to scroll through that, it's uh, on Instagram. I'm on Dana Crawford, D-A-N-N-A Crawford. Cool. So my point here is that if you want to go to, I suggest everybody go experience an antique show. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Because of the education. And if you want to, like you suggested, go to the website page and see what the terms are for vendors. Mm -hmm. And you could even reach out to the event manager and, you know, ask them if they're allowing any um, collectibles in or any um, 
food vendors. Food vendors, I think, are also a clue about an antique show, in my experience, because Mm -hmm. if there's too many, (laughs) there's too many food vendors, now it's like like a circus, or it's just, it's circus food, hot dogs and corn dogs and cotton candy. Mm -hmm. This particular show only had one vendor, and they they had a booth for um, kettle corn. That's all they had. And that was the only food they had in the show? They had a cafeteria. Right. There was a cafeteria open. But, I mean, on the show floor, mm-hmm. um, there was kettle corn, and it was absolutely delicious. I had to buy some. The other clue is to take a look at the admission fee. Mm-hmm. So this show was $8 mm-hmm. admission, which I thought was was pretty reasonable. But if it was a flea market, it'd probably be $2. If anything at all. Right. Or if anything at all. Right. So take a look at the admission. Now, I've seen shows in Tennessee and Nashville that charge $25 admission. Hmm. And in my experience, when they charge admission like that, it's going to be extremely high-end antiques. Right. Extremely high-end. And there's no chance of finding something to flip at a show like that. However, this show, for an example, that was $8 admission, there was, you could find items to flip. Mm -hmm. And also, they worked with you. They worked with you. I have to tell you, though, I met a man. He had the largest collection of Stife stuffed animals I had ever seen in my life. And I got all excited because he had a camel. And I've only seen the camel in books. Mm -hmm. And... He had a beautiful camel, and he had the bear that is on wheels that, you know, you pull. And I have never seen a collection like this in my life, and it was absolutely beautiful. Then I turned. He had had probably three booths. When I turned, the next area was hanging antique beaded purses, just Hmm. huge selection of them. And then another selection, he had the a large Bakelite bracelets. And I saw a bra- Bakelite crib toys. Really? And I've only seen those in books. Huh. <laughs> I've never seen one in, in real life. Uh-huh. And, and they were gorgeous. Bakelite crib toys. And this guy was so fascinating to me. I brought Allison over to talk to him. But he gave me... Some insider information. About Bakelite? About how he finds his stuff. Ooh, share it with us. (laughs) Drum roll, drum roll. (laughs) He actually shops at liveauctions.com in Germany. Interesting. He shops liveauctions.com in Germany and the auctioneers in Germany have no problem shipping internationally. Oh, th- that hits home with me because in my uh, little hometown here of uh, Galax, Virginia, up in the Blue Ridge Mountains, one of the first antique stores around here that I fell in love with is called the Golden Gallery. And it was multiple levels, several stories of, of merchandise. And the owners of the store were German. And they had an American couple 
running the store. And they would go around uh, Europe and Germany and pick out nice uh, antique items and vintage items and uh, beautiful stuff, fill up containers and send containers of that stuff over here. And the Golden Gallery had antique shops and dealers coming from the entire Mid-Atlantic area to buy stuff for their store there because it was just beautiful stuff. So I I can see his point in using the, the German uh, site to buy that kind of thing because there's a lot of it over there. Yeah. And he's getting the stife directly <laughs> from Germany. I mean, it just, a light bulb went off. And I thought, oh, I can't wait to share with our listeners this it, valuable information because it was such a wonderful tip. Yeah, that is. So what other kind of things did you buy at the show? Um, well, I bought, I eat a lot of bananas. Mm-hmm. I like bananas. And mm-hmm. so I bought, it's called a banana bunker. Have you ever it's seen like one? A, it's like a house for, or a cabinet for bananas or something? It's actually just a, a, a plastic it's like a tube, but it's a shape of a banana, mm-hmm. and it um, is it has ribbed um, center on it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, are you sure that that was made for bananas, Dana? <laughs> no, but seriously, it's I I liked it because then I could throw a banana in my purse. <laughs> okay, okay, I got gotcha. you. So I didn't buy that to resell, although I haven't researched it yet. If it's if um, I find out it's valuable, I may be selling it. But I did pay $15 for it. Good purchase for a banana eater. Sure. <clears throat> so um, bottom line, I would say that antique shows are good mm-hmm. for the average seller. Another great example, um, one couple that had never been to an antique show before, they know about electronics. Electronics was their thing. There was an early Apple Macintosh computer uh-huh. in one of the booths, and it was um, complete. It had the carrying case. It even had the decals. It had the mouse, the keyboard. It had everything. And so they were asking $110, uh-huh. and they haggled down to $85. That's cheap for that. Yes, so he got it for $85. And then the truth came out that he was going to sell it off part by part. He found the case, just the carrying case on WorthPoint, sold for over $200. Sure. So he was really excited about that because because he knew what he was doing as far as electronics go. Right. And you never know when you're going to mm-hmm. you're going to come along to something because they were they were kind of lost with all these antiques and then there was an antique uh electronic okay well that's good and and you mentioned when you bought your lamp that you went in the last half hour or so of the show and that's a pretty good technique across the board for for shows like that because I've done shows and you've done shows and you don't want to pack all that yeah. stuff up and haul it home after you right. took it all there. So that's a good time to buy. It's a good time to make deals, whether it's high-end antiques or not. It's something that the dealer wanted to sell and didn't sell. He's going to make a deal on it. 
Uh, it's like uh, antique stores. The best time to shop at an antique store is the end of the month because the rent's coming due and they need to boost the cash flow to pay the rent and the electric and, and that sort of thing. So that's a good time to get a good deal at an antique store. Wow, that's a really good tip, Wayne. Oh, hey, listen, darling, I'm a cheapskate from way back. <laughs> I know where to find the deals. That's a good tip. Yep. And then um, while we were in Nebraska, we also had on Sunday, the treasure hunt was Saturday. Preview show was on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, we had my eBay workshop. Mm-hmm. And what made my day was the hands that went up of people that listened to our podcast. Really? Well, that's good news. That's good news. So thank you. Nebraska for listening to our podcast. <laughs> well, I'm going to put that uh, that show on my uh, on my wish list, and next time I'm headed out in that direction, that sounds like it's the what is it? The cabin fever? Cabin show? fever? What town in Nebraska? Lincoln. Oh, Lincoln. Okay, 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 Dana. Here we are. We're we're at the end of the of the episode, and. And I look up and I see my uh, Art Nouveau clock on the wall saying it's time to go. So that's it. Thanks. And I'll see you next week. Well, thank you, Wayne. I just want to encourage everybody to sign up for Treasure Hunting News and and to also the Worth Point newsletter so that you can see all the pictures from our previous treasure hunts and videos. Cheers to everybody and all you happy pickers. Keep a picking and a granite. Yeah, keep a picking it. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Point.